Hello there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Dark. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S2E20 of Pretty Little Liars, entitled Control A. Uh, more specifically, CTRL colon A, like control on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. That will be important later. Mm-hmm. And we open this episode on Maya is holding a kind of a swimming themed sign that she made for Emily to hold up. Uh, it's a pretty sad ass sign. <laughs> it's, the, it's such a perfect metaphor for all of Maya. Fucking Maya. Maya is so horrible in this episode. I know we say that a she lot, is, but this might be Maya at her absolute worst. I don't know. I mean, that, other than like the uh, dinner scenes of Pam. Yeah, she's she's got her sad ass like go Emily sign. They're they're at the I think it's like another school or is it another school or is it their school? Like, I think that this I think that the swim team was at another school. There we go. That that's what it is. Yeah, and is coming back. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 waiting for the swim team to come back so they can all celebrate. Uh, Caleb is over with Hannah uh, hacking away on his computer and he's using a, a Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, and there's so. The, the the exchange is important because she's like, how can you like get get the internet on your computer here? And he was like, well, I've got a I've got a hotspot in my pocket. And she's like, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some banter about that, but uh, that that will be important later as well. Um, Spencer and Arya they're planning to meet that dude who uh, who's in the the other end of the number that was in Allie's pocket. That's that's their latest clue. There, they're getting desperate. They're going yeah. with phone numbers and pockets. So. They're planning to meet this guy after school. Um, Arya's like, don't worry, I told my mom we were studying, so, you know, I got that covered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, Arya's so precious with, like, like, don't worry, my, my, my lie is taken care of. Whereas, like, all the other girls, including Spencer, is just like, I move about this town freely. Yeah. Well, and Arya's like, by the way, uh, you've been staying at my house for a week. My mom's starting to ask questions. So we find out that Spencer has not been home since she found out that Jason was her brother. She can't deal with her family right now. But none of the other liars know this. All, all she's told Arya is that she just doesn't want to be home right now. I know this is all plot stuff, but I, I, I'm going to say I can't wait to talk about Arya. I just can't wait. Yeah. Um, so the swim team returns, including Emily, because mind you, she's back on the she, team. She walks out with like a big-ass trophy. Yeah. yeah everyone's cheering because seemingly like swim team and football are the two biggest sports at Rosewood. If, if, the, if, if Emily was a male character and this was a football team, she would have walked into that trophy and been like, yeah, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And like grab the cheerleader's ass. Oh, I mean, presumably they have like a really good swim program if they're getting scouted for colleges. So, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. And people actually come to their swim meets and pay money to come to their swim meets. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole thing where like Maya's like first to greet Emily with her sign and Emily's like, oh, it's cool and gives her a hug. And then the other liars are there too. And Maya does this really annoying thing where she kind of, she allows herself herself to get pushed aside instead of just like joining the group, and then she like has this like bitchy look on her face, like "Oh, I'm being excluded by all your, the rest of your friends." When it's like, you know, Maya, like you could have been right in there with them, but you had to make it like all about you. It's not bitch face. It's like sour face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like, it's uh, like oh, I, I I don't get you all to myself, therefore I'm going to act like you're like persecuting me, you know. Tom York would describe Maya as having woken up sucking on a lemon. Uh, um, so then the fucking cops show up, including Officer Garrett Reynolds. Officer Garrett Reynolds shows up with another cop, and 
they start heading over towards, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're laughing or joking yeah. with that. They start heading over towards, uh, Caleb there, and Caleb sees him coming, so he does the thing where he, like, very quickly logs out and shuts his computer down. Well, the, he had, it's, it's seemingly, I guess it's just a normal computer, whatever his, like, system is, but, like, it's like Linux, a, I think. It's like a weird thing, like, it's like, it slams, like, a door shut on the monitor or something, yeah. like, it's, like, locked up. Well, they need to let you, the audience, know that, like, you know, hacker shit has just been locked down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, he hit his special hacker keys and, Mm-hmm. Fuck off, cops. So cop- uh, but yeah, so... Huh. I would say cops are there for the laptop. They said that somebody's been hacking into the school's files, and they trace it back to his IP address, which doesn't hold up technically, but sure. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, never mind. But- so so Garrett's like, well, do you have any passwords you know about? And Caleb's like, well, the court order says that you can take the machine. doesn't say anything about what's in my head. Yeah, so he won't give them the password, but they do take his laptop. And then they get a text. The girls get a text from A. It says now it's now it's Caleb's turn, A. And so it's like, oh shit! This is Hannah knew this was coming. If uh, Caleb kept hacking on that phone, and, and now it has come to pass, he's in the crosshairs. Um, you know what would actually happen if you trace the IP address? It would go to like the school's Wi-Fi, and that's as far as you would get. Maybe right. they mean his Mac address. I don't know. Is it? It's not a MacBook though, is it? A different kind of MAC address, but even that's debatable. It'd probably just go to the router too. Uh, Mm. Anyway, well, so you know, yeah, Caleb assures Hannah that they couldn't get into his computer with a can opener, but uh, then there's a he get leaves. The girls all get a text from A that says, Mm. "Now it's Caleb's turn." Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about Arya. Oh God, yes. Arya is once again confronting Holden. Uh, cause she's, you know, she's feeling really uncomfortable about their arrangement now. And so he finally admits to her that he does, uh, Tong Sado, the Korean martial arts. Which, uh, lol. <laughs> yeah. Arya basically assumes this is like a fight club or something, but it's, it's not. It's, uh, you know, it's an organized martial arts. Um, but because Holden's involved, sillier, the sillier martial arts. Holden has a haircut, which I don't know why I noticed that. But, um, so, his parents have forbidden him from doing this, is all he says. And he really wants to know about Thursday night, their plans for Thursday night, because he's got a big tournament coming up, and that and tomorrow, the Thursday night, is the qualifier. Yeah, qualifying tournament. He says the, the pain pills, or the pills that he had were pain meds, but he's never even used them. And, and the bruise is healed. Yeah, he's like, check out the bruise, it's almost healed. Like, relax, Arya, calm down. You don't need to suddenly start giving a shit about our arrangement here, you know? <laughs> the pills are also chill pills. You want one of them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, he really needs, you know, at least one more fake date with Arya to go to this qualifying tournament. Uh, and then, the next time, I, I guess the next Arya thing here would be to cut to Ella talking to Byron about uh, how she's going to have to go have drinks with Noreen in the city because Arya and Holden, Holden have just planned, like, another date there. And I like how Byron's like, well, I hate Noreen. And Hell is like, I know, that's why I didn't invite you, you fucking douche. Yeah, they're like packing up shit um, in Byron's office, or in Ella's office at the school. Um, and so th- there's the talk about maybe Holden and Arya should be doing not as much stuff in Philly, maybe closer to home. And Ella's like, well... Why don't we give, you know, Arya a little more freedom since she's 
dating a boy that we like. We know his parents. He's her age. Yeah, maybe they can take the train, you know. And Byron's like, no. Uh, something, 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 patriarchy. Uh, he basically says, I'm not cool with letting Arya off the leash. Like, he, he literally uses the term leash there. Yeah. And it reminds us all, once again, that Arya was dating her English teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is clearly still a wedge between Ella and Byron. Uh, they don't see eye to eye parenting wise on this situation, which is to me is one of the dominant like uh, storylines in this episode. Mm-hmm. Even though like Ella really only has one more scene, uh, this debate is going to continue on. Um, I have at this point the diner stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the next time we see Arya, she's waiting at a table in a diner with the Lolita book kind of out on display on the table drinking some tea this is this is the meetup with the dude from the phone number that uh josie's roadside diner the other three liars are all behind her at the next table kind of watching doing a Uh, little little sting operation so some creepy looking dude comes in like sees the book which i thought was one of the funniest details Mm -hmm. um and he's like like, oh so you're a friend of vivian's well maybe that's what their like their plan was they're like i'll be the girl you know, with a Lolita book on the table. Uh, it's just funny to me, though. Especially, mm-hmm. like, this reading Lolita in public. Like, a young girl reading Lolita in public. An Aria reading isn't Lolita. That, isn't that such public. an Aria thing to do, though? Yeah, but she's not even reading it to me. It's, just, no. it's, it's also sitting on the table in a way that it's, it's facing towards anyone passing by. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you were to sit a book down in front of you, it'd be facing you, but it's not facing her. It's facing out. So the whole world knows. I, I'm going to assume it was, like, a the signal. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, so he shows up and sits down and Arya is, she, she does an excellent job in this scene, getting this guy to talk without giving up any information of her own. Like every, basically every time this guy asks her a question, she answers it with another question to like keep him going. Uh, so they, they find out he's like, because he's just, he thinks she's one of Vivian's friends at first, you know? And so they, they find out that, uh, Vivian wanted information from this guy. Uh, well, she, she. She owes him money, she cost him a job, and almost a girlfriend. Yeah. He worked at the HR department of a phone company, and Vivian wanted to know who was, like, sending her these threatening texts, and so he got that information from her, but when he gave it to her, before he was stupid to give it to her before he got the money, and so she welched on him, and he ended up getting fired for getting the information from his job. He was stupid to give her the information yeah. before getting the money, because mm-hmm. he should have known that this could get him fired. Um, and so, well, and I guess the, the way Vivina pitched it is that it wasn't her, it was one of her friends was receiving threatening texts. Friend. Her friend Allison. Allison. And so, Arya is like, well, did, did you, do you still have this info? And the guy's like, oh, I get it. You're Allison. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and Arya, Arya does not confirm or deny this, you know? Yeah. Um, so then basically, you know, like you said, Arya just keeps asking questions, responses to his questions, and so she's like, "What kind of information?" And he's just like, "Maybe you didn't hear me. I didn't get paid. I want my two dollars." I mean, ba- no, he wants his two thousand dollars. That's what yeah. He's like, "Maybe you didn't hear me. I didn't get paid. Uh, pay me, and I'll tell you." You know, two two thousand dollars is the price today, but it could go up based on market conditions. <laughs> and Arya's just like, "Is that supposed to be funny?" Mm-hmm. It's not funny. So though. he gives her a new number to contact him out. Says his name is Jonah. Jonah. Because Arya was like ready to pay, she's like pulling out her wallet until he said two grand, and then it's like, oh, well, Arya doesn't roll with that much cash. I just love that too. She's just like, my parents are teachers. 
Although somehow I'm wearing a new outfit in every single episode that looks like each outfit looks like it costs like three hundred dollars. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, and this is not really a spoiler, but I think in the entire four seasons of the show, Arya only wears the same outfit twice. Uh, or there's like certain outfits that they'll wear repeatedly for for reasons, but yeah, for the most part, it's always a new outfit. Um. So anyway, later the girls are all sitting at one booth and discussing this, and uh, they realize that if this dude finds out that Allison's dead, like he's not going to give them money because why would you want to get involved in that? So they need to start paying him and paying him quick. Mm-hmm. And Emily puts forth the idea that, well, if this information was useful, then Allie would have already found out who A was, and that's probably why she was killed. So right. they, they really need this info. So everyone looks at Spencer, who's the only one who hasn't spoken up. Well, before they look at her, they look at Hannah as like, well, what are we supposed to do for the money? Throw a bikini car wash? She says, even if we talked Prudence Finn into a tube top, we wouldn't get enough money. Which I'm going to go ahead and debate that. I feel like uh, these girls could make a lot of money in, in a town like Rosewood full of perverts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm always surprised that Rosewood's in Pennsylvania when it seems like it should be in Florida. Mm-hmm. I, I think they would clean up with uh, a bikini car wash. It'd just be like all like Wilden and like Peter Hastings and Byron there, you know. And thus, my fan fiction begins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they all look at Spencer, uh, and at first I took it as because Spencer has this kind of weird look on her face, and so everyone's just like Spencer. So I took it at first like, well, they obviously Spencer's going on the plan, but no, they're looking at her because she's the one in the group who's rich. Yeah, they're like, you're fucking rich. Your parents are lawyers. You like own half of Rhode Island or something. Uh, yeah. she's like, sorry, my account's on lockdown since I got arrested. So cash flow problem right now. And I, I, lo- <laughs> I love that there's twice in this episode, Spencer refers to when she got arrested, which mm-hmm. I love. Spencer's the kind of person that, you know, she's, she's a elite VIP student and she's rich and she's, you know, high class in this town, but she'll throw out a lot that she got arrested. <laughs> um, so, uh, the real Arya or, or true Arya section here. Next time you see Arya, it's an interesting transition here because it started out as a Han and Caleb scene and then Caleb like walks out of his scene and he walks through the quad and then like be- behind a pillar, like Arya's ducked behind a pillar as Caleb walks past talking on the phone with Ezra. It's kind of a, a little interesting camera move there. I don't know what, what we're implying there, but Arya's ducking behind a pillar on the phone with Ezra. She's talking about how she's, you know, she's set up her, her fake date tonight because they need to talk. Uh, Ezra needs to talk about this Associates Dean interview because he has to give an answer on this soon. Well, I love the way she's, she words it. She says, we're on for tomorrow night. I worked it out on my end. <laughs> and Ezra's like, the less I know about that, the better. Yeah, exactly. Plausible deniability. <laughs> So, but Arya, it's like it's like this romantic cloak and dagger, and I think she loves it. Oh, she absolutely loves it. Uh, and so Ezra's like, "Yeah, we need to talk about this job thing because you know, if I don't take it, your dad's gonna know something's up. You know, like there's yeah. no reason why I wouldn't take this job unless I was, you know, resistant to leaving Rosewood for some reason." Yeah, and and again, Ezra, again. Ezra's maybe the only guy in this town not thinking of his dick. Like he's actually. Oh, I don't know about that. True, 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 true. He's just being um, strategic with his dick. <laughs> so Ezra, he's, he's found a tiny, tiny little French vegan place that he wants to take her to called Chez Mirabelle Vegan Bistro. And Arya says, French food? Wow, you must really like me. And Ezra says, Arya, it's French vegan food. I must really love you. I actually wrote down in my notes, uh, Arya, it's French vegan food. Grow up. <laughs> 
Um, this is a man willing to eat French vegan food for his girlfriend. Yeah. And she's really enamored by that. Um, so Byron is walking down the street later. Let's head over to Byron. Uh, he gets to his car and he's, you know, Byron, I don't know. What music do you think is playing in Byron's head as he walks down the street? In Byron's head? Yeah. You can call me Al. Yeah, yeah. Byron is walking like he's just the most important man in the world. Um, he finds a note under his windshield. He opens a note. It's a typed, like, like typewriter typed letter from A. The exact same type of letter that A sent Ella once upon a time. It says, tonight at 8.30, do you know where your daughter will be? I do. And then the address for Shea Marabelle v- yeah. Vegan Mystery. Well, also, sincerely, A. So it's signed yes, A. Yes, uh, yeah. And the address to Shea Mirabelle. Uh And then he, he kind of looks around suspiciously, like, what the fuck is this? Um, so um, cut to Arya. Arya's getting ready, putting on her, like, shitloads of jewelry that she puts on. And her heels. Well, I mean, she's got, I know she has multiple piercings in each ear, so she's putting in, like, a, just like a horde of earrings. Uh, she's got all these, like, rings and shit on her fingers. Um, let's, let's talk about what she's wearing for a sec. She's, she's got a red sleeveless top with kind of, like, frilly, you know, edges. Mm-hmm. Tight around the waist. Ponytail. Uh, black capri pants. And a big, but they're gold, like leather capri pants. Big gold leather. Yeah, big gold medallion. Uh, on a necklace. And on that, on that medallion is a big A. Mm-hmm. This is, this is her most like A-ish outfit yet. It's, it's red and black. It's the A colors and it's got a big fucking A on a gold medallion on it. But as this, <laughs> she's like, how can I communicate to you any further that I am A? Or just plain evil. Yeah. Not the trot. Um, but as the, as that scene starts, she's sitting down in a chair, like putting her heels on, which could not be more of a, Visual metaphor for your little girls becoming a woman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Byron comes in, um, tries to play it cool, just asking her about the night. He's, he's fishing. He's fishing about her plans, um, asking her what she's planning to do tonight. And that she, she says that she and Holden, effortlessly, she says that she and Holden are going to some new arcade and that it's supposed to have all these old vintage games. And he's like, uh, so you meeting anyone there? Or, you know. And, you know, she's just like lies, basically. Well, some some nerdy gamers are very creative facial hair, which mm-hmm. uh, there's like uh, there's color to Arya's lies. Yeah, and then Ella walks in, and she kind of senses that Byron's being a, like a nosy douche, and she's like, "Are you holding her up?" And Byron's like, "No, no." And then Arya like gives like a just an innocent smile to just let him know that she's defeated him with her lies. Good line, Arya. Says, nope, she's all yours. But mm-hmm. in this scene, it becomes. Apparently, I think that it's not even so much about Byron trying to catch his daughter in a lie or, you know, for her betterment. I think he really wants to defeat these two women. He really wants to throw it in Ella's face, and he really wants to show Arya that he's better than her. Well, I don't, he know, almost I don't think it's that. upset that he hasn't defeated her lies. I don't think it's that. I, I think it's more he... He's obsessed with the idea that his his daughter is now like you know a young woman in charge of her own sexuality, and so I think there's like some full on patriarchy stuff here. And then on the other side of it, Ella can't help but needle him on this because he's such a huge fucking hypocrite, you know. Yeah. Like as as much as she wants to be not on Team Ezra, it's kind of hard for her to like witness him being such a fucking huge hypocrite and a douchebag about it. But I, I think that he wants to dig himself out of that hole a little bit of Ella. I think he wants to... I think that's, in his mind, his recourse for her needling him 
is that he wants to say at least like this freedom you keep proposing giving Arya. No, because obviously she's still like lying to us. She's still going around, you know, hiding this. But uh, in this particular moment, either way, whatever, whatever the different subtexts that the Montgomerys are playing on each other here, uh, Byron has been defeated for the moment. Hmm. So he scours away, and Ella and Arya have a little chat. Ella mentions she's like, you know, you really should stay closer to the city. You know, do more in town. Um, and she kind of just mentions that Holden's parents, you know, would probably prefer if he were staying in town too because of his heart condition. And and Ar- she's like, Ar- Ella's like, oh, she, uh, he's talked to you about that, right? And Arya's like, just more lies, like, oh yeah, of she's- course. She's like, what? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I love how whenever she's presented with something like that, she just lies immediately. Like, yeah. like she's never like, oh, no, I didn't know that. She always just is like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Mm-hmm. She's lie- She lies quicker than, like, her next heartbeat comes in. Mm-hmm. And so, hmm, heart condition, interesting. So Also, we get, uh, for anyone tracking these kind of things, which we do sometimes, we do find out from Arya that Rosewood is an hour away from Philadelphia. I think something had happened a few episodes ago we thought was like 20, 30 minutes. It's apparently an hour. I, I can assume she means the traffic. I don't know. That's, who knows, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we catch up with Holden and Arya. They seemingly just gotten dropped off. And Holden's like, so that was some weird fucking energy in the car. And Arya's like, well, is this, is this tournament going to be dangerous? And he's just like, just relax. You know, it's going to be cool. And he says, I have a rematch against the guy who gave me that bruise. So don't worry about it. Yeah, a lot of false macho bravado here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there's a, there's a bit before that though, when he's talking about the weird energy. And so he takes it as, well, are your parents starting to suspect something? Mm-hmm. And she's like, huh? What? No, they're clueless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, I love that Lucy Hale is really great about playing Arya in a scene like this where Arya is, they're clearly communicating that Arya is like uh, this whole heart condition thing on her mind. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a flourish to how like, proud she is of her abilities yeah her parents are clueless <laughs> you know she can handle that oh yeah she's, uh, she's got her parents in check so in check that right now byron is getting a table at shay mirabelle uh getting one requesting the one in the corner so that he can watch the door yeah yeah um so and so yeah Arya shows up at holden's gym yeah holden had like left her in that last scene but turns out that she's still concerned so she shows up at the uh like the Fight Club facility here, where they're doing their karate. Which you have to presume that she followed him. Yeah, yeah, she probably followed him. Uh, didn't go to the restaurant, so dodged a, a bullet there because Byron is there. Uh, and I really like the look on her face as she's walking through this like dojo, just kind mm-hmm. of like she's very much like a tourist. Uh, yeah. She also has a black jacket on now, so she looks even more sinister. Um, it was just the big prominent A medallion right on the front of her shirt. The way. I mean, this is a pretty normal-looking karate gym slash dojo. The way she is looking at everything as she walks through it is like is like everything that we're seeing is more hardcore than it actually is. Well, I, I give the production staff credit here. Like, there's some serious, uh, you know, tongsudo going on in the background. It's not like it's not like they just had like one wall with like a couple dudes sparring. There's like all kinds of shit going on. There's like dudes with bow staffs and you know, yeah, yeah, and she's breaking boards and shit. I mean, there's a whole deal. Yeah, she and she's like kind of like walking through all the middle, like navigating this. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she she goes up to Holden, who's just kind of like, well, "What are you doing here?" Um, and she flat out asks him, "What's wrong with your heart?" Yeah, what's with this heart condition? And what the fuck are you doing? Do you have a death wish? And I, I like love how, how I, is this some kind of death wish? 
I like how he says, what exactly did your mom tell you? And she, like, she's, she's so good at, like, uh, dodging people's, you know, evasions when she needs to. She says, it doesn't matter. I want to hear it from you. You know, she kind of yeah. puts it right back on him. Like, she's like, I don't, I don't think you understand. I'm a master liar. I'm not giving you anything to work with. You tell yeah. me what your condition is. Yeah. Um, so Holden says that he has an abdominal aorta aneurysm, which could rupture no matter what he's doing. Um, cause Arya brings up, well, what if you get kicked in the chest? Well, what would I say and to your mom if you don't come home because you get kicked in the chest? Yeah. And he's like, that's not really like how it works. He's like, it could burst at any, any moment. Um, it, it could burst while he's like watching TV at home. He'd just rather be doing things that he wants to be doing. Um, yeah. He, he can go at any time. So since he's probably going to have a shorter life than everyone else, he'd, he'd prefer to, you know, spend, spend that time doing what he wants to do. Which is the idea this is not romantic to Arya at all. Well, Arya's, she's upset. Arya's hmm. like, lying to your parents is really fucked up, Holden. Separately, there's nothing wrong with me lying to my parents because I'm not in danger. Yeah, she's like, I'm not risking my life while I do it. You, you little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Holden says, sometimes what people think is best for you isn't actually what's best for you. And Arya's like, oh, I, can, I feel that. Because yeah. <laughs> I always true, know what's best for me. True that, homie. True that. Um, so... Arya then watches as Holden starts his match. And she heads uh, for the exit, but then she stops and turns around. Yeah. Uh, she, so, meanwhile, on, on his way to the French vegan place is Ezra, dressed up in a tie, and he gets a text from Arya that says, it's a, from an unknown number, he doesn't keep her, her number, like, you know, his, his phone book anymore. It's Arya. Gonna have to reschedule. Explain later. Sorry. Love you. Well, and, and he, he stops as he reads this text, and he's happened to stop right in front of the, the window to this mm. uh, restaurant. Although he's like, you presume that like the entryway is on like the corner of the, the block and he's not there yet. Cause he, he kind of, he looks up and turns to well, look he... into the restaurant and then he sees Byron's right there through the window. Yeah. Byron is fortunately like looking at the door, which is, you know, so he's like facing away. He doesn't see Ezra. And so <laughs> Ezra does this totally sketchy. Like he like ducks away and like skulks down the street, like looking around, like he didn't, you know, it's like, you didn't see shit, you know? Yeah, Ezra, when he first gets a text, he looks at it, and there's a look on his face, just kind of like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. And he looks over, and he sees Byron, and he's like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Almost like, like, takes off running like a madman down the street. Um, meanwhile, cut back to Karate Madness. Well, before, before we cut back to fun. that, I did notice Byron, he's like pouring himself some tea here. He hasn't ordered anything yet, and I feel like we've, we've established at this point that this is like a super small bistro. Yeah. And this asshole's like taking oh. up a table with just some tea. We uh we we shit on the uh, the best line from the conversation earlier where where Ezra mentioned this place. He's you know he was like lower your expectations because she's like oh my god you're taking me to a restaurant you know because they don't really go on real dates they go mm-hmm. to his apartment usually and he's like well lower your expectations this place can only seat two and she's like oh so it has more room than your apartment burn yeah sick burn um, the apartment which is like oh I'm uh, sorry I pay rent. Yeah, Ezra's now going to run back to that apartment and, and mm-hmm. rub out a panic one. I'm trying to think of uh, who is he skulking away like. Like one of the, um, do you remember the the kind of henchmen in the musical episode of Buffy? The way the, the little henchmen like run away with their arms out like they're skulking away, you know? That's how Ezra runs away from this place. I, it's almost it's like, like theatrical. Even, yeah, even on the street, looking over at Ezra. Like he expects him to just be going like, whoop, 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 whoop. Anyone on the street is going to look at Ezra and think that guy is clearly dating an underage girl and almost got caught by her father because that's why he's running away like that, like a weirdo. Um, and then they then they fist bump for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been there. 
Mm-hmm. Especially this close to Rosewood. Um, so, like, meanwhile, Karate Madness. Arya has uh, stayed to watch, just in case she got, might get to witness this guy dying. I think that's, yeah. that's probably why she stayed. She's, like, excited at the prospect of seeing a death. I really wanted there to be, like, something where, like, there's, like, a, like a splatter of blood on the pavement in front of Arya, and she's mm-hmm. just like, ooh. Well, and so the, the fight's kind of going back and forth. Holden takes a big kick to the chest and goes down, and Arya's gasping. And, and this is, like, all getting, like, intercut with some hacking shit going on in Hannah's plotline. Uh, interesting artistic choice, you know? It's like, hack, 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 like, karate kick, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. But eventually Holden kind of, he rallies and he, he wins and, you know, punches the guy. It looks like he punched him in the balls, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so... Afterwards, Holden goes with Arya. He's surprised that she stay, and he's just like, "Hey, I'm not used to having the audience. Maybe next time you could." And she's like, "Nope." Well, but as as he wins there, Arya, she like she has her hands up, but she's not clapping until everybody else starts clapping, and then she notices yeah. they are, so she starts clapping too. Arya, though, like it's almost like Arya. This is not like this is not similar to like the poetry readings and the art gallery openings that she's used to. She doesn't know what the hoi polloi do in these situations. Arya's like, well, where, when does the leader like give the thumbs down so you can like, kill the guy and, and deliver the coup de grace? Like, did I miss that part? <laughs> like, how do you how do you score this uh, physical bout of mm-hmm. manliness? Yeah. Um, so not like right after this conversation, Byron calls Arya. She answers her phone, and he's just like, I want to talk to Holden. You know, she hands the phone over to to Holden, and Byron is shocked to hear Holden. Yeah, there. and almost and almost a in little your, upset in your fucking face, Byron. Well, he um, seems not just shocked, but like upset that he, uh, well, he wasn't able to catch them. So he has to apologize, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You know, Ella wasn't sure if you had your number. Some 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 bullshit. You know." He says, "Ella thought she lost your mom's number." Then he yeah. hangs up. They didn't ask for the number. <laughs> Like, well, he, Byron is not the well, liar that his he's wife pissed, but I think he's I think he's probably at least somewhat pissed at himself here because he's 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 allowed himself to assume the worst and and gone and done things that are that he probably shouldn't be doing and now he just he feels like an idiot because of it you know you gotta wonder too what the hell does Byron think after getting this note exactly I don't I don't think he's thought about that yet until now and now he's 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 pissed at himself for. For basically acting like a patsy, you know, just going right. there. Uh, but, he is I mean, he is thinking, eating a like some sort of vegan pizza now, so I guess he eventually ordered something. Yeah, I'm they're sure probably they're like, like, "Hey, buddy, uh, <laughs> you want to order something? Because otherwise, we've got people who want that table." Exactly. He may have noticed there's only two tables in this place. You're one of them, drinking tea. Dick, you and your white privilege. Um, yeah, but like at some point, this would if I was Byron, this would completely consume me. Not only this note, like, who the hell left me this note that jerked me around for a night? But then, like, oh, that's right. The same person wrote a note to my wife about the affair that I had with a student. <laughs> I should hate this mysterious stranger. Yeah. But yeah, I like how Holden's like, well, maybe you can come next time. And Arya's like, nope, still think you're an idiot. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, no, she almost, she almost, like, flicks the back of his head just, just, just cause. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Hannah. This is kind of a front-loaded podcast. Most of the shit goes down in Ari and Hannah's, it seems. Um, so this is after Caleb's gotten his laptop confiscated. Hannah's freaking out, but Caleb has, like, no worries at all. He says he keeps all of the A videos and shit on flash drives and and backed up online, and, and no one can get through his security anyway, you know? It's his firewall. Yeah. And Hannah's like, well, you remember how I said something bad would happen to you if you kept working on that phone? Well, this is this is it. This is the bad thing that's happening to you. And they already broke through your security, most likely. 
Yeah. And so then Caleb starts to get a little bit concerned, you know. And I like how Hannah thinks that the, the someone who did this is Garrett, which just like LOL at the thought of that guy doing any hacking. Yeah. I mean, apparently you almost like, yeah. choked on that laughter earlier. Um, so yeah, she asked him to go online because he mentioned he could do it for go online and, and pack into his own computer and delete the shit. So he's like, sure. And so he gives uh, like this he, like tutorial. He, he, he skipped over the good line here. Oh, was uh, not. Cause her first Caleb's like, well, how do you know this? And she's like, like, I can't tell you how I just do. And she says, can't you just break into your computer and erase all the scary bad stuff? That's a real thing, right? And Caleb says, yeah. <laughs> and so he, yeah, he's, he's using her laptop now. Uh, and he, he goes through his whole like path, password and methodology with Hannah and, and how he's created his password. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to the details of that later, but one of the numbers is 1105. Um, it's, uh, the, it's the, each letter of the password is, uh, the first letter of a city he grew up in, in the order in which he lived in those cities. Um, cause he, you know, he's homeless or whatever. He's been living all over the place. And he puts in, I also alternate the capital letters, which mm. I thought was nice. And then, yeah, the, um, so. Ultimately, he can't sign in though, cause his computer's not online. So. Well, there's, the, we, we kind of need to go to the exchange, cause they come back, they call back to later. But, you know, 1105 is after the letters. And she's like, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, it's just a number. And she's like, it's just a number. There's an exclamation point after it. And he's like, uh, you, you need some, you know, punctuation there too. Mm-hmm. Punctuation um, helps, yeah. But yeah, the, the cops have probably not connected his computer to the internet, so he can't, he can't get into it. Mm-hmm. So the next time we see Caleb, he's on the phone, I think it's in the hall at school. Mm-hmm. And I just like the conversation because he's on the phone with the cops and he says, any idea when I can get it back? And then pause because I'm a high school student and I have papers to write and homework to do. Plus it costs a lot of money. Plus it's mine. <laughs> but real quick we should talk about this too the the sequence in which caleb is explaining his password to uh hannah mm-hmm. i feel like this is like every hacker's dream first of all that you could look like caleb that you could be have a girlfriend like a- hannah. any any hacker would she- tell you that this is actually not a good password no this is a shitty password but i mean in general you could look like caleb you could have a girlfriend like hannah and she would sit there and just be enamored with hearing the story of yeah. like your password <laughs> Exactly. Oh, uh, but yeah. So the cops have told Caleb that he'd get the computer back if he cooperates, and he's like, "Well, mm-hmm. shit." Yeah. So meanwhile, at the police station, Officer Garrett Reynolds, he's he's just staring at the the laptop. Is just sitting on the table, closed. It's going nuts. And he's staring at it like it's the last donut, and he's on a diet. His fingers are itching. Yeah. And so he finally he takes it and he opens it up, and he's like, he can tell he's contemplating like hacking this the password. But then Wilden walks in. And he's just like tempting, isn't it? And then he like he closes the lid and he's like, "Yeah, IT guys say to you know keep it turned off so it doesn't connect to the Wi-Fi." Yeah, and then Garrett's like, "Well, I think we can get the kid to talk." Mm-hmm. Well, and this seems kind of interesting because then Wilden is like, "Well, there's you know been a break in the Delorentis case. We have some new evidence about the missing page of the autopsy report." And Garrett starts to get a little nervous here, mm-hmm. you know. But then Wilden's like, "Tell me what you think of this," and hands him a photo. We well, don't see what the photo is, but apparently this is, Garrett is no longer nervous and he's like smiling. At, yeah. at what he sees in the photo. Well, I like how they tease that though. That like Hannah presumes that Garrett's got hacking skills because she thinks he might be a or associate of a. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of tease that there. That the, the idea is that maybe Garrett could pick up that computer and hack it. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Garrett sure seems like he could be a dunce at the same time. He's the kind of guy who might have forgotten where his keys are and whether or not he actually drove here in the first place. Yes. Um, so cut to. Hannah and Ashley, they're getting ready for like a party that Emily's having at the Casa yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Ashley said they could have the swim team party. And then. Hannah's Hannah's asking Ashley if they can get Caleb a lawyer, and Ashley's like, he's got rich parents now, like they can deal with that shit. Yeah. And they yeah. get a call. Ashley gets a call, and it's the cops. They want Hannah down at the station. They and Ashley's just Ashley's just like, oh, this is fucking great. So they go down to the station, and, and Wilden's just like, hello, Ashley, how you doing? You know. And it's like, Ashley's just like, obviously not in a mood to talk here. It's some of the, we'll attempt some of the grossest small talk ever. Yeah. Long time. She's like, not <laughs> fucking long enough. <laughs> She's not for me. Mm-hmm. So they say uh, they've, uh, they've, you know, had a break in some evidence. They've been missing this, uh, page five of this report in the Delantis case. And, uh, Here's a here's a photo of your daughter in a candy striper outfit with uh, I think it's Spencer and, and Arya. Uh, out, out is it Emily? Yeah. Where, where was Arya for that scene? Hmm. Uh, uh, I think it's interesting though that it's not Arya in this yeah. scene. So it's a, it's a photo of the three liars in their candy striper outfits in front of the morgue. This is when they were looking for page five, and so Wilden's like, so explain this, and we won't hear the explanation, but we cut the girls leaving. And Ashley's like, well, you might not have given him anything, but uh, you're gonna give me something. She says that uh, I've been here so much, I might as well have my own parking space too. Yeah. And so Hannah's like, oh, this was just like a stupid prank. Like we we dressed up for fun, and then we dared Spencer to run into the morgue, you know. And we didn't know there was files down there. Yeah. And Ashley is just like, you forget, I have mom superpowers. I know that you're lying to me. Well, first, Ashley just stares at her for like a good solid beat. Gives her this look, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, you know, I know you're lying, right? And so Hannah says, we did not take that page. And it's like, you know, icy stares back and forth. Because Ashley's almost... like, Ashley knows, well, you're telling the truth about this, but what aren't you saying? You know, because that was a very specific statement. I almost feel like the, because I know they had a, a scene about that a few episodes ago where Ashley made that comment to Hannah and she's kind of reminded. I almost feel like this is like a thing that the writers have programmed into themselves to not write lazy scenes. Just mm-hmm. to kind of like get, get more creative with these Hannah and Ashley scenes about like, uh, like Hannah is not Arya. Well, this is also why Hannah's so much less likely to tell lies than the other liars because she'll get caught. She's, she's the one who would prefer to stay silent, you know? Yeah. So later, slightly later, and Ashley get back home. The swim party is in full swing and like pumped up kicks is playing. Um, Ashley kind of like takes a momentary look around and she's just <laughs> like, well, I don't have time for this shit. And she basically goes to bed to go to bed with a bottle of wine. Ashley's just like, Ugh, I'll be upstairs. Just keep shit under control down here. Let, don't let them yeah. steal the money that we have hidden away in the items of the pantry, mm-hmm. in the carbs. I'll the be in the bathroom carbs. with my technology. Exactly. Um, so Spencer and Emily come running over to Hannah to ask what happened, and she fills them in. Interesting uh, that uh, they didn't get called to the police station, only Hannah. Presumably just because Wilden, he, he knows that that Hannah and Ashley have vulnerabilities he can press on, you know? Well, I feel like uh, Wilden, it's unspoken that Wilden would not mind being in like some kind of equally creepy situation with Hannah. Like, because uh, he just <laughs> seems like a creep ball. Well, but, uh, he, he also, probably knows, like, he can't go after Spencer, because then, like, uh, Hastings, Hastings will just lawyer up, and he won't get anywhere, yeah. Well, I mean, Veronica's already pulled his britches down and spanked him in front of these girls mm-hmm. on the show. Um, so anyway, so if all copies of page five of the autopsy are missing, then it must have been an inside job, Garrett. Mm, this must be Garrett who's behind this, which they'd be correct, I assume, you know. Um, um so Hannah's worried that if they open up that laptop, Caleb can go to jail. And I love that Hannah has the line, and it'll be all my fault. 
And so Spencer's like, well, you know what? Wilden's always going to be up our ass until we can prove who killed Allison. Uh, so I'm going to start putting on my coat now. And they're like, what are you doing? She's like, going home. She hasn't been home for a week, so she needs yeah. answers. Yeah. Um, down these mean streets, Spencer must go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Later, Hannah gets a call from Caleb's at the police station. Uh, says he basically, he has like no choice but to cooperate if he wants his laptop back, so that's what he's gonna do. And if they think Garrett broke into his laptop to begin with, what's the point in delaying this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he sees Wilton coming, and so he quickly, you know, tries to tell Hannah, I'm in a really hot spot right now. And she's like, well, I know. And he's just like, God damn it. <laughs> well, no, he says, I'm in a really hot spot right now. I need your help, Hannah. You know? Yeah. And um, Hannah's, Hannah's like, oh. So they take, uh, Will and Garrett take, uh, Caleb into the interrogation room. And just, there's like a lot of like, uh, plays on like, it's like cop, like tropes here. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, they might as well have like the hot lights on Caleb and like refuse to give him but water. But they, they just look like such assholes, like such incompetent douches. You know? <laughs> well, so at first, Will's like, well, I'm glad we didn't have to contact any of your family in California about this. And Caleb's just like, whatever, you know. He's like, it's so, not necessary. I did nothing wrong. And so Will wants to watch Caleb log in, log in to his computer. <laughs> and he wants to make sure there's no funny business. No funny business, you hear? Yeah. And Caleb looks up at Garrett and he's like, you sure you want me to show him what's on here? And Garrett's like, you know, fuck you, buddy. Like with his eyes. Swallow hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back at, back at Hannah's, uh, Spencer comes into Hannah's room because she's gotten Hannah's SOS. And there's this wonderful exchange where Hannah says, please tell me you know how to hack into computers. And Spencer says, no, that's what Caleb's for. Yeah. So (laughs) he's like, I thought we were clear on what Caleb brought to the table in this arrangement that we have. He's the hacker. Yeah, so Hannah fills in Spencer on all this new shit. Um, and so Hannah starts explaining uh, Caleb's password to Spencer, which I feel like that probably took a half an hour. The methodology, yeah. yeah. And Spencer is like, uh, wow, this is almost as complicated as my password. Which now you're dying to know what Spencer's password <laughs> Almost, <is>. yeah. <laughs> um, so at the police station, Caleb types in his password, and as soon as the computer is unlocked, they ask Caleb to stand on the other side of the room. They just shove him out of the way, yeah. Yeah, where they... <laughs> They go through every, oh, these every two jackasses start like like these guys obviously could never hack a computer in their life. They're like slowly clicking around. They well, they they literally click on all of the most boring files mm-hmm. first. Well, it's funny to me. Like you know, like there's some people at least in in our generation. Like we we have certain friends, or it's just like those idiots don't know how to use a computer. You know, like our like our buddy Steve. Who that, referred to a computer for a long time as just porn boxes. Yeah, that jackass doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I do wonder, do, do younger generations even have that, or is it just like an ingrained skill at this point? Because older generations, it's like there's some people who's just like, there's no chance that that person's ever going to know how to do anything more than extremely basic stuff on a computer. They just don't have the aptitude, you know? At my job, a 12-year-old girl showed me how to do something on my phone that I didn't know how to do before. Wow. Yeah. Um. So but Yeah, Wilton, Wilton is definitely one of those people who, who looks like he he could probably barely surf the internet, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. like both crowded over this computer, and it's like, oh, click on that file. No, oh, damn. Like, you know? like moving the mouse as slow as possible. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So meanwhile, after a bit of a, a mental struggle, Hannah remembers all the rest of the password, and they type in that. Uh, they hack into Caleb's computer, and so the question well, is, the, well, Hannah, what do we do now? The mental struggle was um. The numbers. The, the numbers, you know, and Spencer's like, just think, Hannah, and Hannah says, I am thinking. This is me thinking. Uh, and they're like, well, what's one one something five? What is it? 
And Spencer's like, was it could be a code, a date, birthday, anniversary? And so something registers uh, with Hannah at the thought of an anniversary. And so she remembers and they sign in. And I like how they like both gas when they sign in. They're like, <gasps> okay, now what? But meanwhile, we're cross cutting between the police station, Hannah's bedroom, and all that karate action. Mm-hmm. Um, karate. Doesn't it seem like maybe Officer Garrett Reynolds should uh, like ditch the uniform and show up in a suit? I don't know if he'd be allowed to do that, but he, it's hard to take him seriously, especially with Wilden there, you know. Well, because his position on the police force doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there times here, like, well, in the, the previous scene of him and him, him and Wilden, it's like Wilden's, like, showing off to, like, this uni? Why? <laughs> Maybe he wants to bro down. <laughs> yeah. He'd, like, later she'd be like, what are you doing on Friday? You want to like, get a beer or something, bro? At the station, it's like they're looking at like some like HTML document or something, you know. Yeah. Like the most boring files that have mm-hmm. clearly nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Meanwhile, the girls have found a folder called Hefty, and Hannah's well, no, like first. First, Hannah's like they're looking at all these folders because mm-hmm. Caleb literally is like a billion folders, and Hannah's like, "There's a million files on here." It's like looking inside his brain. Yeah, they're also looking at him in icon view. It's just come on, Caleb, seriously. Yeah, so they're trying to figure out. Because, mind you, the, the, right, or a reminder, there's been some kind of evidence that A hacked into Caleb's computer and put this, this incriminating yeah. evidence about all this hacking or whatever. So they're trying to figure out what it is, and then Hannah sees a folder called Hefty. That has to be it. And she's just like, bitch. Yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> Meanwhile, Caleb, back at the station, he's like, uh, be sure to check out my porn collection. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it says video collection, but I think we all know what he means. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Wilton's just we, like later. So yeah, they find in the the hefty folder. There's a lot of incriminating stuff: uh, schedules, students like social security numbers, other stuff, credit card numbers, school records, all kinds of incriminating shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just realized something that we can't say in the podcast mm. about that. Um, so you know what I'm talking about, but yeah. So um, Hannah starts like deleting some of these files as slow as possible. Hannah is also one of those people who, who mm-hmm. much like Wilden and Garrett, maybe has no business using a computer. So Spencer is just like, just control A, control A, and and Hannah is like, I am trying to control A, and she's like, no, not literally. I mean, hit control A on your keyboard. <laughs> uh, so that's that all. All the whole title of this episode is working up to that pun right there. Uh, so she finally does and deletes all the files just as Wilden opens up the hefty folder on his end and he can see those files like disappear in like the second that it's open, you yeah. know, and, and they're both like, oh, what the fuck, you know, and like Garrett starts like pounding on the delete key for some reason, you know, it does nothing, of course. Um, and they're like, what'd you do? And Kayla's just like, hey, man, I told you I got hacks, probably a virus or something. Yeah. So later, Caleb's leaving the police station. Hannah's there to pick him up. And so she comes up when she says that she realized what 1105 was, or 11005. It was November 5th, the night they, you know. Yeah. Anniversary the first time. And so. And uh, she's like, why didn't you tell me that? You know, when I asked you, you know, in school yesterday, and he's just like, baby, there was an exclamation point afterwards. Yeah. Which, yeah, smooth. So they start to make out, but then Officer Garrett Reynolds walks out. And Kale's like, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. And Hannah's like, no, no, let's rub it in his face. So they just make out some more. Well, Garrett's sad, sad Garrett Reynolds walks to his car to like go home and watch uh, American Idol with his parents. Yeah. He's not really watching them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're having like, a victory make out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I guess it's time to talk about Emily now. 
So back when uh, Ashley and Hannah were decorating those cookies or frosting those cookies for the party, mm-hmm. Elmer was outside decorating the backyard of the Marin house. The veranda, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Maya shows up. Ugh. Maya's brought a dish of some sort. She says, Did she says fruit? Fruit for the offering, or I, I, she says something dumb. Um, she says something really dumb. She shows up to suck all the energy out of the party. Even though the party well, she, hasn't even started yet. She walks up with a demeanor that, rather than Emily saying hi, or it's nice to see you, or whatever, Emily's first response has to be, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I need to talk to you. And so Emily like brings the shit inside that she brought and then goes have a talk with Maya. Maya yeah, says here's that Here's the fruit that no one's going to eat. I'll just set that on the counter. Her parents found an old joint in her stuff. This is just stuff in storage. Um, but now they're, they're freaking out. They want to send her back to True North. And Emily's like, no, like, fuck this. Like, I'll talk to your parents. We're going to work this out. You're not coming back there. The the joint is from a box of stuff from when they lived in the De Laurentiis house, which mm-hmm. was, I don't even know how long now, like for three weeks. I, oh, no, it was, it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, but I, I know, I know, I know when it was, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how long they lived in that house. I imagine once they found out it was the site of a murder, they got out of there pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so, uh, also mentioned that this, this stuff was in storage. And so she's, you know, decrying the injustice of it and mentions that even some of Allie's stuff was actually packed up with her shit in storage. That'll be important later. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, I was just gonna say, I wonder if it will. Uh, so Emily wants to fight this and blah, blah, blah. So later, uh, Emily and some of the other girls from the swim thing are, are watching a video on somebody's iPad of Paige swimming. And Emily says the cheesiest line possible. I don't know if this is how swimmers actually talk, but she was like a rocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're all watching the, their their own swim relay and cheering cheering themselves on, and and then Hannah presumably Paige it, is not there. Yeah, I didn't see Paige there. I mean, presumably she she theoretically would be there. She just the, the actress, you know, isn't in this episode. Um, Hannah Hannah's watching it with Emily, but then she looks up and kind of nudges. Emily, and she's like, hey, uh, your girlfriend Maya is being all mopey on the stairs over there. You might want to go talk to her. Well, Hannah's more reaction is just like, hey, your girlfriend looks pretty sad. And Emily's like, what? Huh? Oh, okay. Mind you, the stairs is where all the women in the Marin house go to sit when they're feeling miserable. These are the stairs of sadness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just uh, wrote down in my notes, Maya's being a total cunt. Well, not at first. At first, she doesn't feel like partying. No, she's, her, she is being well, a no, cunt. Uh, it's it's a little it, well, there's facets for this one moment only um she doesn't feel like partying so emily sits up for a moment and maya says well do you want to go somewhere and emily's like what after the party and maya's like yeah sure whatever you know why don't you get back to your get back to your friends and emily's like okay and she bounces hey, you're, away you're soft peddling this she maya leads off with i guess i'm not in a party mood and it's like, oh, sorry, this isn't your party. But she you gives know. her this smile when Emily's leaving. That's kind of like, hey, it's okay. I love you. Go have a have. A but then time. she's like, do you want to do you want to get out of here? And Emily's like, well, yeah, after, after the party, sure. But you know, Emily does not even take it as any kind of thing that Maya means now. Emily literally thinks she means oh, after the party. Um, but like I said, I, I might be soft playing it, but Maya, any soft playing I do, Maya completely ruins later. Yeah, well, because uh, Emily's, or the swim team's like, Emily, you're missing this, you know, like, to call her back. And so Maya's like, oh, no, you can go, you know. I'm just going to sit here and soul can be passive-aggressive. Um, so later, Emily's looking for Maya, and she pops out into the veranda and finds her smoking. She's lighting up a joint just as she walks out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the next time we get back to them, Emily's climbing up Maya's asshole about this, about lying about the joint. And Maya's like, well, okay, it was an old joint, it just wasn't that old, you know. 
And Emily's like, look, you bitch, like, I'm a guest in this house. All my teammates are here. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? And Maya's basically like, like, oh, fuck your teammates. You know? Maya's basically like, fuck your teammates. And then she throws out this just bitch line. She says, you're better at fitting in than I am. And Emily says, I thought you didn't care about that. And Maya says, yeah, well, I'm pretty convincing. Just fuck yourself, Maya. (laughs) Seriously. Emily, why are you putting up with this bullshit? Even yeah, Paige, so, even Paige would be a, like a less passive aggressive date than Maya. So Maya will not go back to lesbian rehab, no matter what, no matter what. And when mm-hmm. she keeps saying that at first, I thought like suicide by cop. Um, <laughs> no, but she'd rather run off to San Francisco. She, she and, knows people in San Francisco. Yeah. Which what what a what a cliche. So uh, she's like, you can come with me, and Emily's like, well, you know, I can't do that. And Ma- this is this is the line where I really crucify Maya. Is Emily's like, you know, I can't do that, and Maya's like, not even for me. Yeah, she makes it out to be like an old ultimatum, and then she's like. I guess he couldn't, not with the team counting on you. And he's like, well, fucking sorry. I won't run away from everyone to go to San Francisco with your stoner ass. But mind you, they've only been dating again for factoring in the time jump after the arrest. Maybe two months at this point. Yeah, um, yeah a couple of months, maybe. Um, yeah, so... Later on in the episode, everyone's gone from the Marin house, and uh, Emily is leaving via Maya a voicemail and asking her not to do anything rash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I say that late for later, for later, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's talk so, about Spencer. So Spencer is in front of the De Laurentiis Realty, and she kind of—I presume this is in Rosewood. Well, uh, I guess this is this is at least where some of the the De Laurentiis money comes from. Is they yeah. they have like a property company or something like that you know which makes you automatically wonder since you just you did bring it up like did the dealer entices like sell their own house when they moved away i've also seen that they've been renting i don't know could be wrong renting out the house maybe um so spencer like you know there's no one there's no one home at the dealer entice realty shop uh and she looks down the street and she sees jason and maya talking mm-hmm. and as as spencer approaches maya takes off so we don't really know what that was about and Spencer's like, oh, sorry, I was just, you know, looking for you at your office. And I like how Jason's like, I only work a couple hours a day. <laughs> Whatever which, Jason's doing in that office, it's apparently not important. Which, yeah, exactly. I like how you word that. Because I'm sitting there thinking, like, there's no way he's working, like, as a realtor. Or <laughs> is anything other than, like, maybe, like, fixing up the lighting or, you know, like, like putting a new wall in or something. Because, like... This isn't Jason from season one who wore suits and stuff. Well, maybe this his this maybe Jason. his move is he he does real tours for other you know at risk people who get high all the time. Like he he helps them buy houses and, and whatnot. <sighs> so anyway, Jason Jason's kind of a twat here. He's he's getting all bitchy and telling Spencer just go talk to your dad. You know, you should talk to your dad yet? No, you should go talk to your fucking dad. And Spencer yeah. says, No, I'm talking to you. Well, she's like, I, I don't, I still don't believe this. And he's like, oh yeah, you don't believe it. And she's just like, well, yeah, I am, that's why I'm talking to my dad. Mind you, Jason's buying fruit off the street as mm-hmm. they had this conversation. Uh, he doesn't really want to talk to Spencer about this. Well, and he's so like, Spencer, oh, sorry for fucking up your whole reality or anything. It wasn't really my intention. Yeah. So she asks him, she says to him, you left town when I got arrested. Mm-hmm. You, why did you come back to town? What made you come back? This, yeah. He gives her this look like, oh, okay. So they move to like a bench to continue this conversation. He tells her that while in Georgia working on the grandmother's house, he found a box of Allie's shit under the floorboards. <laughs> and Spencer quotes Alice in the say, when I hide things, they stay hit. Mm-hmm. Apparently not, because Jason found it. 
Uh, and there are a bunch of letters in there from Peter Hastings to Jessica DeLaurentiis. And some love Spencer's letters. like, love letters? And he's like, well, some, yeah, it started off that way. But then, you know, when I was born, suddenly they get all legalistic. And Spencer's like, yeah, it sounds like my dad. Yeah. yeah. But there was also money. And they, $15,000 worth. Yeah, I also found fifteen grand in cash. And but Jason, it was in packs of $5,000 each. And Jason kind of, Jason implies, but it allows Spencer to actually say it, that uh, Allie was blackmailing Peter Hastings about Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next time we, we get back to Spencer, other than with the, the girls there, is when she's, she's decided to go home because she needs answers from her dad. So she's coming home. Uh, it's dark inside, as usual. Like, none of the lights are on. Um, she sees her dad's briefcase. And opens it up and is about to, like, get into that checkbook for some cash. But then uh, she hears something, closes the briefcase, tries to run upstairs, but she can't make it. Peter sees her. And he's like, oh, I'm glad she came home. Yeah. Um, so he starts explaining to her what happened. That you know, at the, at the time that Jason was conceived, her mother and he were getting their degrees. He made his mistake with Jessica. Um, and Spencer comes at him with, you make it sound like a business deal. This wasn't a bad investment. You cheated and got somebody else's wife pregnant. That's what happened. Yeah, she's like, let me give you it in real language. Yeah. Um, and Jessica kept the baby, lied to her, her husband about it, and moved to Atlanta. And that Did was the last, last Peter saw them until Spencer was five when they moved back. And she's like, yeah, right next door. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like how the Peter, he kind of just mentions offhand. He's like, yeah, you know, first time I saw Jason, he was in front of my house riding a bike. And you can tell this is, this is his own story. Like his, his own mythologizing of what happened and about how, you know, he has this drama about seeing a kid, his own kid for the first time. But Spencer's just like, and how did that make you feel? She's like, let's take it back to not your story for a second. You know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting the way Spencer reacts to all this stuff, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute, but, um, they, they talk about, they don't know why the Lamentis came back. And Peter says that he never asked them why they came back. Cause he was afraid that he'd find out why they came back. Yeah. Afraid she'd tell him. Yeah. Um, so Spencer flat out asks if Peter is paying off Allison. He never f- denies it, just to say that he never gave anyone in the deal of his family money for any reason. I'd say he, he pretty much denies it. Well, he denies it eventually, but at first it's not it's not like a no. But then, then he does say, I've never given anyone in that family money for any reason. Mm-hmm. So Spencer later meets uh, Jason at the Aperos Grill, and Jason doesn't believe that uh, uh, well, Allison Spencer, wasn't... Spencer's basically like, well, this is what my dad said, and I believe him. And Jason's, like, incredulous to this. He's like, seriously? Yeah. Um, he, he refuses to believe that Allison wasn't blackmailing Peter. Mm-hmm. So Spencer points out that Jason wants it to be Peter, so he can keep or being angry. Because Spencer's like, well, it's possible that Allison is blackmailing somebody else, and you just don't want it to be anyone else but Peter. And I yeah. like how Jason's just like, yeah, you were raised by lawyers, and like throws his napkin at her and leaves. <laughs> yeah. So... Meanwhile, then Spencer cuts away to help Hannah for hacking madness. Um, so later at Hosta Hastings, uh, Jason shows up in the door, shows up at the door, and Spencer's just like, my dad's not here. And Jason's like, I know. I checked for his car outside. Mm-hmm. I'm here to see you. Yeah. He apologizes for being twatter there. And so she's right. He does want it to be Peter because that would just make things easier because then, then he can just hate P- Peter Hastings and, you know, not have any of his own drama. And then there's the great moment here where he's like, you know why we act like this, right? And Spencer says, because we're wired the same. Which, Jason, you don't hold a fucking candle to Spencer, sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, first of all, Spencer wasn't high for uh, eight years. Mm-hmm. That we know. Or was she? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so Spencer tells Jason that she thinks she knows why Allison needed that money. She needed that money because she was looking for someone, someone she was afraid of. And if Jason wants to help out, she's going to need his trust, about two grand worth of cold hard cash of his trust, and no questions asked. He's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so then the, the A tag there is when Emily was calling Maya, telling her that she wanted to fix things, that she loves her, don't do anything stupid. Uh, we just, the, the A tag really is just like, we, we cut to outside, like POV shot, like somebody stalking her through the window there. Uh, not much of an A tag, really. They probably just didn't have anything this week for that. Um, we haven't really come back to the fact of uh, the Peter Hastings gun. Someone's got it. Someone's got it. We, it's still kind of hanging out there, though. But you know who was looking for a gun earlier this season? Who was that? Mikey. Mikey Ooh. Montgomery. Ooh. Could could it be Mikey's uh, falling off the the depression bandwagon? Haven't seen Mikey in a while. Mm-hmm. So that is it. That was Control A. Uh, not much on the wiki about it. The next episode is called Breaking the Code. Mm. Next episode's a fun episode. This episode was okay. It was okay. So I think Spencer didn't have much to do other than with Hannah. Um, and Maya is just Maya. Yeah. Maya is oh. like, it's like Emily. Seriously? Like, the, the girls you date sometimes, I just don't understand. I thought this episode was, uh, plot-wise, eh, it was a good good uh, piece to remind you of what all the characters are like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, 100%. Like, Arya was 100% Arya. Hannah was f- amazingly, fantastically Hannah, etc. Mm. Yeah, so uh, we'll be back next time to talk about Breaking the Code. Until then, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.